Hey, what's up, family? And welcome to the Eagles Nest Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you soar in your faith, family, finances, friendships, and fitness. Get ready for today's message with Senior Pastor of Eagles Nest Church, Lee Jenkins. starting a new series for the next couple of weeks we have entitled the series horizontal habits understanding our relationships with one another now all of us have habits habits are things that we do um, unconsciously we just do them every day or a couple of times a week and we don't even have to think about them Unfortunately, some of our habits are bad habits, but I am hoping that most of your habits are good habits. We all have practical habits, um, like brushing our teeth um, and doing some of the practical things of life. Uh, We all have uh, vertical habits. Uh, That's how we relate to God. Uh, The cross is a wonderful example of uh, vertical versus horizontal relationships. Our vertical relationship is with God, and we have vertical habits. Like reading the Bible, that's a vertical habit because it helps our relationship with God. Like praying, uh, of course, worshiping. But what about our horizontal habits? How we relate to one another. Again, think about the cross. It's vertical and it is horizontal. You can't love God without loving people. So we're going to be talking about how do you incorporate habits in your life in terms of how you relate to one another. I am believing that over the next few weeks that your relationships with people will strengthen and that you will realize how important it is to have a vital relationship with other people. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to jump right into the Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, we love you, we praise you, we magnify your name. As the song says, we will call on the name of the Lord. Why? Because you are worthy to be praised. So Lord, we thank you for our health and for our strength, for our families. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for life, that we are in the land of the living because that lets us know you're not finished with us yet. We still have an assignment to fulfill. And so Lord, like an athlete who listens to a coach for his or her assignment, we posture our hearts to listen to you today. Speak to us, challenge us, change us, encourage us through your word. Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Help me to encourage your people today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, today I want to start off with a very simple verse 
It's taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version, a very short but yet powerful verse because it will explain everything we're going to be talking about, not only today, but for the next few weeks. Again, 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, chapter 12, verse 27 from the English Standard Version. You can look on the screen or if you have your Bibles or devices, you can check out this verse. And it says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You and I are the body of Christ, individually members of it. It's like saying that you are a part of a team, yet you play an individual role, you have an individual position, even though you are part of a team. You have a role to play. I want to speak to you today from the subject, created for community. Created for community. I could say it another way. I could say that God fashioned you, God designed you for community. He did not design your life for you to be alone or for you to be a lone ranger. He designed us, he created us for community. He created us to connect with other people. We live in a world where connectivity is paramount. I mean, because of the internet, you and I can be connected with people all over the world at the click of a button. I mean, that's how powerful the internet is. We have social media now. We have uh, smartphones. We have all kind of things that keep us connected. We have computers. I mean, 20, 25 years ago, we didn't have access to things like this. We couldn't be connected instantaneously to people all over the world, but we can now. I mean, think about it. You can email people. You can text people. You can FaceTime people. You can direct message people. Um, you can uh, like comments from people. You can uh, thumbs down. You can follow people. You can unfollow people. I mean, there are just all kind of ways uh, that you can connect. You can comment uh, on people's uh, social media pages. You can do all kind of things to connect with people. Now, I'm old enough to remember you all when we used to connect, at least by telephone, with a rotary phone. Y'all remember rotary phones? Anybody out there want to admit they're old enough to remember rotary phones where you just dial the number? Y'all remember that? <laughs> yeah, man, rotary phones. And then I remember, you know, if you call somebody, um, 
the line they would either pick up or the line was busy. Y'all remember that? There was no such thing as call waiting for a long time. And if you wanted to interrupt them, you had to make an emergency call. Y'all remember that? And then call waiting came and it was so cool. So rotary phones, I remember, man, dialing those phones as a, as a child and even as a teenager. And then I remember when the, the touch dial came. I mean, that was a big deal. But how about this, y'all? Y'all remember telephone booths? Uh, raise your hand if you remember telephone booths. See, y'all young people, y'all don't remember that. See, right now, if you all are running late for a meeting, you all just text somebody, or you might just speak the text to your car system or to your phone system with Siri or something like that. You know what we had to do if we were running late for an appointment? You had to pull over. You had to drive to a parking lot, pull over on the side of the street, find a phone booth, get out of your car, even if it's raining, you all. Get out of your car, go to a phone booth, and you dial the number. Hey, I'm running 15 minutes late. That was life. That's how we connected. So sometimes you wonder, how did we make it? But we made it. And I can imagine 10 years from now, the kind of things that will be out there um, that we will look back on today and say, wow, that was so old-fashioned. So you all, connectivity is a big deal. Gadgets and technology certainly have their advantages, but they also have their challenges. But we can't deny that people long to be connected to one another. They want to experience community, whether you call it that or not, most normal people want to experience a sense of community. That's why people get in fraternities and sororities and become a part of clubs and different things. Maybe they are a part of their alumni association or some kind of professional organization because we long for community. Why do we long for community? Because God created that in us. And that's why we hunger for connection. Now, what's interesting and what's also paradoxical is with all of this technology, you all, with all of this uh, fancy uh, technology, how, uh, how we can connect with people, people are more lonely today than they have ever been. Did you hear that? According to recent studies, the rise in social media has increased, not decreased, increased feelings of loneliness and social isolation. Research indicates that heavy social media users, despite having hundreds or thousands of online connections, tend to report lower levels of overall life satisfaction and a higher likelihood of experiencing loneliness. Isn't that interesting? 
A few weeks ago, a guy called me who's kind of a celebrity type person, was having some challenges in his marriage, called me, I'm a friend, he wanted me to pray for him, he needed some encouragement, which I gave to him. But then I asked him, I said, man, you know, I follow you on social media. I see all the cool stuff you and your wife were, are doing. I, quite frankly, I'm, I'm a little shocked that you all are having such severe problems in your marriage. He said, oh, man, all that's fake. That's all for, for social media. And, and a lot of times, you all, one of the reasons we aren't or some of us feel a sense of loneliness is because we are comparing our lives to what we see on social media. And we're thinking that these people got it going on, but they're only showing you their highlights. You're looking at their highlights. So in sports, especially if a high school player wants to get recruited by college, you do a highlight film. So you put together some of your best clips and you send them out to coaches or maybe the coach will come to the school and the coach will show the highlights of the player to show the great plays that the player has made. But the smart coaches don't just make a decision on whether or not they're going to recruit a player just based on the highlights. They want to see the lowlights too. They want to see how that player responds to adversity, how, how that player can fight back when they're losing or, or, or something is going on. And, and so life is like that. Y'all be careful about comparing yourself to people and on, the only thing you're looking at are, are their highlights. So when God sets out to give us an illustration of connectivity, in the Bible, he uses something that we can all relate to, and that is our body. Each of us has a physical body, and each of us knows that our bodies do what the head tells it to do. If the head says, walk, the body walks. If the head says, lift your arm, the body lifts its arm. In other words, our bodies are completely responsive to our brains. Where am I going with this? Scripture is clear that Jesus Christ is the head of the church, which he calls his body. We are the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is the head. Therefore, the job of Jesus's body, which is us, is to reflect the dictates of the head, which is Jesus Christ. So the question is, are you doing what Jesus said you ought to do. Because we are the body of Christ. If your brain tells your body to do something and your body doesn't cooperate, then we have a problem. Then you have some kind of medical condition 
that needs to be addressed. So we need to find out what our head is telling us. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul goes into great detail explaining the concept of the body of Christ and its members. In fact, the way the church got the word membership from is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We have members of the body. I have a body, you have a body, but your hands are a member of the body. Your feet are members of your body. So the Apostle Paul uses the human body to describe how we ought to operate as men and women of God. So let's look back at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. He says this, now that you have some context. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You're like a team member of the body of Christ. Now, why is this even important? Because of this, look at this statement. Our relationship with others affects our experience with God. Our relationship, you all, with others, it affects our experience with God. Let me say it another way. If you want a better, a deeper experience with God, you need to make sure that your relationship with others are right. Let me say it another way. One of the reasons that some of us aren't experiencing God the way we should is because we aren't in right relationship with others. So we're going to talk about that. You cannot say, I want to be close to God, but yet I don't want to deal with God's people. You just can't do that because you are a, you are a member of the body of Christ. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. You cannot maximize your vertical relationship with God without a healthy attachment to others. This is so important, you all, this correlation between how we interact with others and how it affects our relationship with God. It is so important that Jesus said, he won't forgive you if you don't forgive others. You can't even come to God and ask God for forgiveness if you are unwilling to forgive your brother or sister or someone who has offended you. That means you just can't go around holding grudges against people. That's how important it is. And then he says, uh, how can you say you love God and then you hate your brother? You can't do that. You can't say, oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And then after church, call somebody, I can't stand you. It doesn't work like that. Even in 1 Peter, it says, husbands, uh, you need to treat your wife good because if you don't, your prayers will be hindered. 
So the way a husband treats his wife can affect whether or not God hears his prayers. So this thing is serious. You cannot compartmentalize your relationship with God over here saying it's just me and Jesus and I don't need nobody else. No, that's, that's not Christianity. Christianity is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. Now, can you do it individually? Yes. And we're going to talk about that. Were we created to live this life individually? No, we were created for community. So let's talk about this. So how do you know if you are a connected, how do you know if you are a connected member of Jesus's body? Because I don't want you to assume just because you're here at church, just because you're watching online, that you are connected. You might be, and you might not be. And then some of you may be connected, but you're not thoroughly connected. You're just barely hanging on. So we're going to talk about that. Here are three ways to determine whether you are truly connected. And I'm going to challenge some of you today. Number one, what determines it? Number one. Your relationship with Jesus Christ determines your connectivity. That's the first thing. Your relationship with Jesus Christ, which begs the question, do you even have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you connected to Jesus? You know, one thing about the Internet is you have to, uh, you have to be connected to it. And, and sometimes, uh, well, when you're at home or you're out at Starbucks or you're somewhere and you want to get on the Internet, what, what do you need a lot? You need a password. Oh, we need a password to be connected to Jesus. Uh, there are many passwords you can use. Uh, one password is, uh, is humility. Because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humility is one password. Uh, another password is, is forgiveness. Uh, another password is the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to come into your life. So there are many passwords, but, but the bottom line is the reason a lot of us aren't connected to Jesus is because we got so many other things that are blocking our internet connection. A whole lot of other things. News, politics, people, gossip. I could go on and on. So I want to ask you the question, what is blocking your connection with Jesus? Unforgiveness? Bitterness. There, there are a lot of things out there that can block that connection. But you need to be connected first and foremost to Jesus. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. I'm going to be reading it from the New Living Translation. 
Again, the Apostle Paul is using the body as an example. Let's look at it. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Many parts that make up the body. He's talking about the body of Christ. But then he goes on to say, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some, of, uh, some are slaves, some are free. Uh, he's talking about the different people in society, uh, how they were ranked, so to speak, uh, what their faith was, and it is the same today, you know, no matter who you are. Um, but he says this, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit. Baptism, it's an outward demonstration of an inward change. So this is not just referring to the baptism by water, but, but by baptism by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit baptizes you, and then it says, baptize into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We all share the same spirit. If you are connected to Christ. When you surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ at the very moment of your salvation, you become a universal member of the body of Christ. And many of you, of you have made that decision, and you are a part of the, what we call the Big C Church, the church. When you say, Jesus, you are my Lord, I believe that God raised you from the dead. And if you confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, and then the word says, then you will be saved. And at the end of this message, we want to make sure that we give you an opportunity not only to make that confession of faith, but to back up that confession by the power of the Holy Spirit, by you living a different life. So you are instantaneously connected with every other Christian follower in the world for all eternity when you receive Jesus in your life. So it starts, you all, with connectivity with Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. Now we're going to go to the next level. So how do you know you're connected? you got to be connected to Jesus. And most of you all are, I hope. And if you aren't, we're going to give you an opportunity to make that right. Well, what is the second thing that you need to do in order to be connected? Now you got to go a little deeper. See, a lot of people stop at point number one. But point number two is this. Your relationship with a local church determines your connectivity. Uh-oh, getting a little deeper now. Because you see, it's easy to stop at number one and say, well, I got a relationship with Jesus, and it's just me and Jesus. Well, in a sense, it is you and Jesus because you have to give an account when you stand before God. He's not going to ask you about what, what your grandmama's faith or your daddy's faith, or your sister's, so he's going to ask, ask you about you. 
But in order to be connected, the second step is to have a relationship with a local church. Somebody say local. local. Now, that it's, it's important that I put in there local church. That, that means not a distant church. Now, I know with the internet and I know with online membership, all that is pretty cool. We even have some people who are part of Eagle's Nest who live all the way across the United States, thousands of miles from here. But what I am saying, to be truly connected, yes, you need to be a part of a local church. One of the ways to know if you really have a connection with a local church is when you get in trouble, if you're sick and you're dying at the hospital, who's going to come and visit you? Who's going to come and pray for you? Okay, I'm going to go a little deeper. When you pass away, who's going to do your funeral? Who's going to be there to Grieve with your family. You see, a lot of people, because of, of the internet, we talk about, oh, I'm a part of this, or oh, so-and-so is my pastor, so-and-so don't even know you. Not only does he or she not know you, none of their leaders know you. Nobody at the church knows you. That's not the kind of connectivity the Apostle Paul was talking about. That might be connectivity on paper, but that's not the connectivity the Apostle Paul was talking about. So why do you need to be planted in a local church? Let me give you two reasons. The first reason is very simple, because God requires it. God requires it. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 from the Good News Translation. Look at what it says. Let us be concerned for one another. There's one of those one another's. Let us be concerned for one another to help one another to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Now, I know, again, I thank God, really, for, for the Internet, and there's a lot of bad, but it's a lot of good. And if it wasn't for the Internet, if it wasn't for uh, uh, platforms like Zoom and YouTube, I mean, can you imagine, you all, if the pandemic had hit 20 years ago? Wow. So I, am, I use those platforms, and we use those platforms for God's glory. And we consider ourselves a hybrid church, meaning that we have an in-person experience and an online experience. But the problem with the online experience is that if you're not careful, you will actually be disconnected from people and you won't even know it. Because now you're treating church like it's a product to consume. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So he says, don't give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. It is important, if you can, to get with people in person. 
Now, we live in a different world. In fact, some of the church experts say that on average, people come to church maybe twice a month. Hey, that's just the way it is. But the bottom line, in-person worship should, should be a part of how you roll. Now, can you take advantage of the services online? By all means, do that. But don't neglect meeting together. So we were, well, God requires it, you all. The second reason that we need to be, uh, have a relationship with the local church is what I've already said. Look at this. We were created for community. We weren't created to do this life and to live this life by ourselves. The way we develop is through other people, the good and the bad that we experience. Another word for community is fellowship. God, in his creative genius, created a people that needed to have relationships in order to function properly. I like to say this, bees swarm, fish school, cattle herd, wolves pack, Christians church. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. Look at this statement. The church is not a product to consume or just a place to go. The church is a spiritual family you belong and contribute to. You contribute to it. So it's not just a place, yes, I'm going to church. I know we use that language. And that it is a place, but it's not just a place, you all. It's a family. It's a spiritual family that you belong and contribute to. Here's the problem. A lot of us have a lot of hang-ups because a lot of us have experienced positive and negative when it comes to church. So I want to give you just a few common excuses, maybe even legitimate reasons that people use for not joining a church, for not connecting with a church. All right, let's do number one. Look at this one. I've experienced church hurt. That's a big one. But, but let me say this. I've been around church all my life, and a lot of what we call church hurt is really church pouting. What is church pouting? When you don't get your way, you pout. Well, I'm going to leave. Well, I can't believe this person did this. I'm just saying we throw that word around. Now, has there been legitimate church hurt, and can there be? Absolutely. I'm not diminishing that. But I am saying as soon as something goes wrong in a church, 
We attack the church, attack the pastor, attack the leaders, attack the people, attack the reputation of that church. And it was, and it's usually something very minor that could have been resolved if you follow Matthew 18, when your brother offends you, you go to them and you talk about it. If you can't work it out, you bring in a third party. 99% of these issues can be worked out. But a lot of adults act like children when they get hurt and disappointed by the church. Now, can the church do better? Yes. Can we do better as a church? Yes. Have we, as a church, as a leadership team, maybe even me as a pastor, unintentionally hurt someone? Yes. It's almost like you're walking down the street and you're not paying attention and somebody's walking in front of you and you step on the back of their heels and it hurts them. You didn't do it intentionally, but it still hurt them. Have I, have some of our leaders unintentionally hurt people? Yes, because we're human. But when you get hurt, you don't turn around and just punch the person who who stepped on the back of your shoe as if they tried to do it, as if they were following you all the way down the street. Ah. That's how we act. And see, sometimes hurt brings out our own internal issues. So many of us are experiencing church hurt. Anyone can love the ideal church, but a lot of us can love the real church. Oh, it's easy to love the ideal. It's easy to go into a marriage, let me use that as an example, and you just think your wife or your spouse is supposed to be perfect or when they act ideal. But what about when they're real? When they wake up, and their breath stinks, (laughs) and they got rollers in the hair, and no makeup on. That's real. What what kind of love are you going to have now? Now I want to hear you talk about, oh, baby, you're so beautiful. So I hate to tell you this, but on this side of heaven, you will experience hurt and disappointment, even from church people. Why? Because people, even church people, are imperfect. We need to give people, we need to give churches, we need to give church leaders, we need to give pastors more grace. Okay? We just do. Now, let me tell you what happens is a lot of us put pastors or church people too high up on a pedestal. So some of that is, it just leads to a lot of hurt. All right. Excuses for not joining a church. Church hurt. How about this one? Uh, I don't have to be connected to a church in order to be saved. Yes, that is true. 
But in order for you to develop, in order for you to, to serve in God's kingdom, in order for the gifts that you use Yes, you need to be a part of a church. How about this one? There are a bunch of hypocrites in the church. So I don't want to be around those hypocrites. Well, a hypocrite going to church and being a part of something and connected to something, that means they're closer to God's will than you are. By you not being a part of something. Okay, how about this one? I'm still looking for the perfect church home. You're going to be looking for a long time <laughs> because there is no such thing as a perfect church. There are going to be things you love and there are going to be things that you don't like. There are going to be things that ah, kind of like that's, that's just how life is, you all. It's just how life is. So here's why I'm bringing this up. Y- y'all need to Stop being so critical. All of you are not like this, or you wouldn't be here, but there is some of y'all, you're, you're so critical and you're so judgmental, or you've been hurt and you still are nursing that pain. And what it is doing is keeping you from connecting with the very people who God will use to take you to another level and to bless you. Your blessing is tied up in connections. God always works through people, you all. Now, am I saying you can't leave a church or or maybe your needs have changed or maybe you just want to try something different? There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying treat church membership delicately and, and make sure that you're not cutting yourself off from God's blessings by being disconnected. So what is membership? Membership is the decision to be identified and functionally involved. It's the decision to be identified and functionally involved with a body of Christians who are learning together to live underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ. We're all learning together. That's why we're not perfect. Some people say, well, Pastor Lee, I'm, I'm, a, I'm attached. I, I come to church. I give a little bit. I do this. I do that. Well, let me tell you what real attachment and real connectivity is. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to age myself a little bit. Y'all, I used to come home from school and watch this uh, show called The Addams Family. Y'all remember The Addams Family? Da-da-da-da, you know, da-da-da-da, 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 da-da-da-da. I used to love the Adams family. And they had all these different characters, but they had this character called The Thing. Y'all remember The Thing? Y'all remember this hand that used to just walk around all by itself? I hate to say it, but that is a picture of some people in the body of Christ. Unattached, not connected, just walking around all by themselves, doing their thing, but all by themselves. Now, now here's the problem with that. When you are unattached from a body, you don't get the benefits of the body because the blood can't flow to the hand if the hand is disconnected. So there are a lot of things that can't flow to you because you're disconnected. But how about this? Because the hand is disconnected, the body is missing out. 
on maybe what you could bring to the table. So by you being disconnected, you're not only hurting yourself, but you're really hurting the body of Christ, the church, because we need what you have. We need what you have. So don't be a thing, okay? (laughs) Amen to that. So you got to be connected to Jesus. You really do need to be connected to a church, you all. Either here or somewhere else. And I know that takes time. I I know the relationships with the church is just like a normal relationship. Goes through ups and downs, goes through seasons. Might be a cold season, might be a hot season, might be a warm season. But just be real careful about jumping around and treating God's church, God's body, like it's a product, like it's a cable television channel. I'm just going to jump from here and jump from there because God needs you connected so you can experience what he wants you to experience. All right, I got I to go. Number three, you all. Your relationship, number three, is your relationship with other believers determines your connectivity. Your relationship with other believers. So I went from Jesus to the church. The local church. But you can still be in a local church and not be connected with people. 1 Corinthians 12, 25, and 26. It says, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. The reason we need to be connected with other people is so we can care for each other. The goal of connectivity is summed up in those words, care for for one another. When something bad happens in your life, who consoles you? I know you have your family and your your friends, but a church ought to be there. When something great happens in your life, the church needs to be there. One of the ways, you all, we help people connect with each other is through life groups. I really want you to seriously consider being a part of a life group. I really want you to make sure that you connect with people and don't run from people just because you've been hurt. For those of you who have been disconnected, give it another try. Give it another try. But first and foremost, you got to give Jesus a try. I want to end with this. I go downtown Atlanta for a lot of meetings and just like I've done many times before, the traffic in the ATL is so bad. And so I'm leaving an hour before thinking that I'm doing good and next thing I know, I come through Buckhead down 400 headed to town and boom, it's just a parking lot. And then I see people flying past me And I'm so tempted to get over in the HOV lane. Okay, I have done it before, all right? But I didn't do it for a long time. High occupancy vehicle lane. You don't get the benefit of going fast when you're in a car all by yourself. 
there are benefits with other people being with you. Amen. <laughs> yeah, there are benefits. A lot of you all are stuck in the traffic of life. And God wants to move you over to the HOV lane so you can connect with other people, so you can travel further and faster toward what he has called you to do and who he has called you to be. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We need you, Jesus. And as we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, even those of you online, if any of you are out there and you haven't made the decision to connect with Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity today. So our elders are going to stand up and some of our leaders, and, but everybody keep your heads bowed and I'm going to pray a prayer. And I would like for everybody to repeat this prayer after me, whether or not you've done it before or not, in terms of committing your life to Christ or not. Repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are Lord and that God raised you from the dead. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. By your Holy Spirit, come into my life, change me, and make me a new person right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, come on, let's give the Lord praise. Those of you online as well. Welcome back. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you'd like more information about Pastor Lee or Eagles Nest Church, visit our website at eaglesnestchurch.org. That's all one word eaglesnestchurch.org You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us throughout the week If you're ever in the Atlanta area we'd love for you to worship with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia Until next time, Eagles